We met in the masks and everything, and it wasn't like he showed up in like a rinky dinky, you know, like the 25 cent like disposable thing. Like he had a night, you know what I mean? Gorgeous mask. Yeah. His mask was simply gorgeous. I knew when I saw your mask. Hello, my friends. Welcome to your Such a Catch. This is Erin. Today, I am chatting with Lauren LaGrasso. Do you guys know who Lauren is? If you don't, you should. Because when I was chatting with Lauren, I honestly felt like I was getting this like precursor to someone who is just going to blow it out of the water. I mean, Lauren is uber talented. She is a legit boss babe. I mean, she has conquered so many different things and she's barely scratched the surface. This girl has goals, hashtag goals, and she is so determined. I have no doubt she is going to attain them. So the cool thing about Lauren is she's so down to earth and so relatable, yet she's had all this life experience in different industries. She's done everything, which she will tell you, from uh, radio to acting to now she hosts her own podcast. She produces other podcasts. Um, She also is a musician. She sings. She has a fabulous voice, which you will hear. I mean, there's nothing that this girl can't do. And, you know, so we have a fun chat today just about life, growing up with dreams and aspirations, and just basically hanging on while life takes you for that wild ride because we don't know where things are going to take us, right? We have this idea in our head. We have a plan. And sometimes the universe, God, whatever it may be, might have a different plan for us. And there's so much beauty in that. I, in fact, I will share this with you right now. The universe, God, what have you, has me on a different plan right now. So Right before I met Lauren, um, where we recorded this episode, you'll notice that um, it happened before my 39th birthday. <laughs> but uh, right before we we recorded together, um, I got some news, and it was some harsh news. And that news is that I am being laid off from my company. Um, so as you all know, I work a corporate job. Um, you know, Monday through Friday. I've been in the automotive industry for 16 years now. saying the number 16 makes me feel old, but, um, yeah. So you guys, uh, keep me in your thoughts. Uh, it's been a amazing ride. I am so grateful for all this industry, um, has, has given me and the wonderful people that I've met along my journey, but, um, it's time for something new and I don't even know. I mean, I don't know what's next. So, It's going to be interesting, but talking to Lauren, there couldn't have been a better person for me to have a conversation with after I got this news because somebody like Lauren who has passion and drive and she just, you know, is unapologetically her and she knows what she wants and she's going to get it. And I needed to see that in another female. I needed to see somebody who had been rejected from an industry and is just 
okay, I get it. I wasn't successful over here. That's fine. That's not going to be into the road for me. That is just a minor roadblock. And I'm back at it. And I'm I'm pivoting and I'm going down this avenue. And, and that's where I am. And that's the message I needed to hear. So Lauren, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate you. And to all my listeners, please enjoy this conversation. I hope that Lauren speaks to you like she did to me. And I'm sure I'm not alone. We are going through a pandemic right now. There are a lot of people getting laid off. We do not have to be defined by our careers. We owe it to ourselves to never give up, to believe that there's something bigger, something better, something waiting for us, the right opportunity waiting for us right around the corner. So don't lose hope. Don't lose faith. I'm in this with you (laughs) and we will come out on top. Today, I am so lucky. I am here speaking with Lauren LaGrasso. I feel like we've known each other for two whole minutes and we're already BFF. It's true. (laughs) It is true. And I feel like I'm just fangirling. I mean, what I know of you is that you are so dynamic. You kind of have your hand in a little bit of everything and you're good at it all. How? Like how? Like tell me how you got started. Tell me how you became the executive producer for all these podcasts. You have a new single that just dropped and you have your own podcast. Like, and there's more. (laughs) (laughs) And there's more. Then there's more. I'm like, what doesn't she do? (laughs) Oh man, I don't know. I think I have something wrong with me because every time I see somebody do anything, I'm like, I should make that my career. So (laughs) I don't know. I guess I'm just interested in a lot of different things. I recently got this terminology of being a multi-passionate creative from Marie Forleo and this other woman I know, Joy. Mm -hmm. I had her on my podcast. She's actually a coach for multi-passionate creatives. And so that's really what I am. From the time I was little, I was just interested in anything that had to do with the performing arts. So I did my first dance recital when I was two and a half, my first play when I was three or four. Um, And then I kept doing it all the way through high school. I went to college and I'm like, I'm going to try to be more practical. I'm going to go to journalism school so I can be like Oprah. That was my (laughs) practical. That was like my fallback plan. And then I was like dying inside because I miss theater so much. So I ended up getting a BFA in acting, a BA in communication. I needed three more credits to get those two degrees. So I came out to LA for an internship. And while I was here in LA, I decided I was going to stay. I'm not here in LA right now. I just feel like, I felt like I was lying. So I had to like be transparent. (laughs) I'm in Detroit at the moment, but I usually live in LA. So when I was in LA, I felt like I was like, well, I did the hardest thing, which was move. So I should just stay. And so at the end of that internship, I booked my first acting role. And that was really what I wanted to do. All I wanted to do was act. I had a singular focus when I graduated. And I was like, this is great. Like I booked my first professional job. I'm clearly going to be famous. I'm going to have a sitcom on the WB law in the next week. (laughs) Went home for Christmas, came back, got slapped in the face with the reality. That did not happen. I was not a star. I was going to all these weird, creepy auditions um, that I was getting off of Backstage.com, which is a website for aspiring actors who don't have representation. I didn't know if I was on a weird reality show or if I was going to get murdered. It was a very difficult situation. And long story short, acting started breaking my heart. And I had always done musical theater, um, but I'd never written music. And it was at this point that I wrote my first song. And it was out of this heartbreak that my musical career was born. I started writing music in between being awake and asleep. Like, you know that like stage when you like kick Mm -hmm. your leg and wake up? 
Um, that's where the songwriting started. I coupled that with finally learning guitar. Within a year of writing my first song, I'd played all these big venues like House of Blues, Hard Rock Cafe, The Viper Room, because I didn't have any emotional attachment to it. Like acting had become this thing for me where it was like an abusive relationship. When mm. I was doing well, I felt like I was a good person. When I was doing badly, I thought like I was a bad person. My whole self-worth was attached to it. Whereas music was like this fresh thing. And while I was driving to these gigs during this time, I would listen to Sirius XM. And I fell in love with radio because it made me feel less alone. And I just started saying, I'm going to work at Sirius XM someday. I'm going to work at Sirius XM someday. I ended up working at this place called After Buzz TV. And through that, I met Maria Menounos and Kevin Undergaro. She happened to have a show coming up at Sirius XM. Through them, I met the vice president of female content at Sirius XM. I told her I, I loved the show she'd produced. She was like my radio Jesus because she basically made me fall in love with broadcasting, pitched her a bunch of ideas. She really started my career in broadcasting because she created a position for me to be an associate producer there. And that's what got everything going. So okay, I just want to pause really quick because... <laughs> You just manifested getting that job. You were like, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. And then what happened? You did it. And I'm all about manifestation. Are you? I am. I wish I had more control over it because it only seems like I'm able to do it in like random situations where I didn't expect it. But it's weird. I do feel like with broadcasting, I have had more of a manifestation power. With music, not as much. And I don't know if I've got some sort of like angst block. there block uh -huh. there yeah but with broadcasting i will say like it does feel like i think of something and then it happens yeah that's amazing well i think i have a block too but mine is with finding a man so <laughs> <laughs> i might have that block too full transparency yeah. well that's okay we'll we'll get to the bottom of it but keep going because i am like fascinated by your journey so far <laughs> oh my gosh well yeah so at sirius xm i was there for like two and a half years I got to be on air with Maria. I produced her show. I worked on a bunch of other little projects as well. Um, during that time, I was writing my first album. When I left that job to go to where I am now, which is the executive producer of female content at Cadence 13, I finally got my album together. I finalized it. Um, and that's, you know, basically where I'm at now. I'm releasing the singles that I had been writing all those years. And, and they're, all they're all originals. They're all originals. yours. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. Wow. So I did listen to your new single and I Aww. thought it was fabulous. You have a beautiful voice. Thank you. You do. I mean, I think it's just fascinating that you are just this talented. But I, what I love is that you embrace your talent and you're like putting yourself out there and you're kind of just exploring, you know, what works and what fits. So could we say that the acting, like the rejection is kind of what was difficult for you? Because I feel like that's got to be so hard. I mean, I think of rejection and just like relationships, but rejection professionally is very difficult too. That's my biggest heartbreak beyond any relationship. I did have this person I was in love with in high school that definitely scarred me for life, but acting, rejecting me was a million times worse. Nothing has broken my heart and devastated me the way that did. With that said, if I hadn't failed at that, I never would have written a song. I never would have right. produced a podcast. I probably wouldn't have hosted a podcast um, or a radio show. And so I do think that out of those complete moments of destruction in your life, something that you never anticipated could be created. And that's certainly what happened for me, but it still hurts. I mean, I, in, I interviewed an actress on my podcast yesterday and I just felt not even jealousy, but like, just like my heart 
mm-hmm. eight. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes in and out. So I don't miss the business end of it because that part was heartbreaking. I did. I, I've been lucky in the past year. My friend wrote a movie and he created a part for me. And I love oh, that. Cool. It was great to get back to it. I actually just won an award, which was really cool. He used a bunch of my music for it. So I like it when those opportunities do come up. Um, but yeah, that was a brutal rejection. And Definitely, Erin, way worse than any emotional, you know, relationship heartbreak I've been through. Right. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I have some friends, obviously, since I live in the L.A. area, too, who have pursued that. And to watch them go through what they do or even pursuing music is difficult, too. You know, I've seen them submit their music to different sites. And, like, you know, I have one friend who he's like, every day I wake up and I get, like, 20 to 25, you know, thanks but no thanks. And I'm like, that's got to be so tough. But he's got such a good attitude, sounds like you do, too, where it's like you got to just brush yourself up and keep going, really. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's just taste. If you have the goods, somebody is eventually going to see it. Mm -hmm. The comparison I always draw is you don't say, like, you. I don't like raw tomatoes. But I don't go around being like, raw tomatoes are bad. Raw tomatoes are inherently a bad food. I don't like them. But for some reason, when it's something creative, we can't separate our brain in that way to realize Mm -hmm. that just wasn't someone else's taste because it's a piece of us. It hurts. But yeah, it's very difficult. I mean, I had a whole podcast where I read rejections I got from music blogs, which some of them were very funny. Some of them were very hurtful. But you got to just keep putting yourself in the arena because it's just a matter of time. If you keep coming somebody's going to give you an opportunity. Totally. Is that how the your podcast was born, basically? Like you wanting to connect with other creative individuals and go pursue your dreams and don't give up and kind of like follow those different avenues, like keep trying? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I think it was born because I realized in my own life when I've been repressing my creativity, that's when I've gotten depressed because I was repressing a piece of who I was that was vital to me feeling like I deserve to even be on this earth. So this sentence came to my mind, repressed creativity is a cause of so much of the world's suffering. Mm-hmm. And I really created the podcast because I wanted to help people not have to do that anymore, to give them little tools and tips and show them people who have done it so that they knew that it was possible for themselves and that they knew that they deserved it. I really believe creativity is our birthright. It's not just this like fluffy, fancy, fun thing that only artists get to do. It's everywhere and in everybody. And it creates a lot of happiness. And the other thing is that it's a really tangible life skill that we need to have. In 50 years, 80% of all jobs will require creativity because it's one of the few things AI can't replicate. So it's necessary as well. Right. Now I love that. That's so true. That's so vital. Okay. So I consider you like a boss babe. You were crushing it in your career. You're following your dreams. You're surrounded by all these, you know, fabulous people, you know, which I do want to know who's probably the most fabulous person that you've met or worked with. So I do want to know that. But what about your love life? Like, what are your goals? Do you see yourself, you know, settling down, having a family? Like, tell me what that looks like. For Lauren. Mm. So do you want to know the coolest person first or do you want to go into the family first? <laughs> Ooh. Well, you can tell me the coolest person if you want to procrastinate on the question. <laughs> okay. I'll, I don't want to procrastinate. <laughs> I want to be direct. Thank you so much for saying I'm a boss babe, first of all. That means oh, a for lot. sure. I feel like it's so interesting when people reflect that back to me because I feel like I've c- accomplished like a fifth 
not not even a fifth. I was thinking 5% in my head, but I said a fifth. So maybe my subconscious was trying to give me a compliment. I don't know. But I, I feel like I've accomplished so little of what I actually want to do. So it's really interesting when somebody else reflects that back to you. So thank you. I'll meditate on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've realized I deeply, deeply want that. I was in a relationship for seven years up until the oh, end wow. of 2019. And I loved him so much, but he had a lot of personal issues that I felt like I could fix or I felt responsible to fix. I've recently realized that that was some codependency that was manifesting for me. And it's also like, you know, the best thing and the worst thing about you are usually the same. I see the best in people. I can cut through the bullshit with somebody and see their higher self. That doesn't mean that's who they're presenting in real time. And so for seven years, I was seeing and honoring his higher self, but he wasn't. So that didn't quite work in the end. Still love him, still wish the best for him. We actually quarantined at the beginning of this, as I was telling you before we started, because, you know, I'm, I'm like, if the world's about to end, <laughs> I, you know, I, I know you're a good person. Let's just try to get through this together. We got along better than we did when we were actually in a relationship, which was How very interesting. fun and funny. Why did you call it off then? <sighs> because of all the things I just said. He had those oh, deep-seated mm-hmm. issues that he needed to work on and that, you know, a lot of them have been worked through, but it's going to take more on his mm-hmm. end. And I can't hold his hand through that anymore. And it was recurring. You know, there were, there were big things that came up. Um, there were some anger issues from repressed things that he had gone through when he was a child. And mm-hmm. I couldn't keep waiting for that to happen again. Sure. So anyway, I do really, really want somebody who's my equal. I'm afraid of that. I'm really afraid of that. I think that's why in the past I've picked somebody who I think felt easier to me or like I wouldn't have to worry about potentially feeling like I wasn't enough for because I think I did feel that I wasn't enough. And so what I'm really looking for going forward is somebody who's actively working on themselves, who can come to the table as a full person and who we can together enhance each other's lives. And I like a hundred percent, even if I can't find that, I I'm going to have a baby. Like, I don't care if I have to take a whole ovary and put it in the freezer, like (laughs) I'm going to do it. So yeah, that's definitely a dream. And I've really realized through this quarantine that that is just as deep of a dream and is like as much of a longing in my heart as anything else in my career. And so I really want to start prioritizing that when we can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I know the clinics were closed for a while. So I was considering freezing my <laughs> eggs right, right before COVID. I mean, I was pretty dead set on it. Mm-hmm. And then we started this process and the clinics, you know, closed. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, because next month I will be 39. And you look I'm so like, young. Okay. Ah, thank you. I love you. <laughs> I knew we were BFF. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I struggle with this a lot. So the premise of the podcast, you know, and my my listeners, like, you know, I think identify with this is as women, it's very difficult because, you know, we want the career, we want to pursue all these goals. Like you just said, I haven't even scratched the surface of what I want to achieve. But yet then there's this whole other segment of like, you know, being a wife, being a mother, like, what does that look like? How does that fit into the picture? Do you have to put your dreams on hold, like you shouldn't have to, but like, how do you do it all, you know? Yeah. 
100%. I think that's the reason I've delayed all that because I, well, I mean, I was in love, you know, so I thought I had mm-hmm. that piece of it, but it wasn't like the kind of partnership I want. I really want someone that I can run my business with, which is what I've realized. Like, Ooh, I love and that. I'm getting more into astrology. And I actually think that love is in like Capricorn, which is like the workhouse. So I think that's interesting because that's something I've really been working on manifesting is somebody who sees me, who honors what I'm doing, who has their own thing going and who we can help each other with the businesses Mm -hmm. that we're creating. So yeah, I think that would be kind of my work around there. But the other thing that I've realized from doing my podcast is that a lot of people have their greatest success after they have kids because their child becomes their reason. If they can't go after their dreams and they're telling their kid, like, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. I believe in you. Mm -hmm. But they're not believing in themselves. Then they can't really be an authentic parent and say that from a place of truth. And so I've seen almost every single person who's come on my podcast who has kids have their greatest success after having kids. And so that has kind of realigned that in my brain. I'm still scared because I'm such a person who goes all in on things, but I know I'm not willing to compromise in any other area. So why would I in that area? Totally. And if you had to do it on your own or chose to do it on your own, do you have kind of an idea of like, what age or what moment in your life you would say, okay, now's the right time for me to go ahead and pursue this? Yeah, I'm 31 now. So I think, I mean, 35 is like always the idea I had in my head. My mom had me in her late 30s. So I feel a little bit better about that. But I don't know. I would have to have my finances in order. That's the biggest thing. Okay. So Once I had a certain amount of money, maybe I would feel more safer if I had done like financial planning to, Uh you know, allocate for the child. Right. I mean, so it's funny, too, because like when you freeze your eggs, it costs quite a bit. Right. And then you have to and then you have to pay to keep them frozen, which I'm like, oh, my God. How much does it cost a year? It's a thousand dollars a year at least. I mean, depending on. So rude. I know, right? So I have this like irrational fear of like my egg somehow getting mixed up with somebody else's egg. And then like, it's time to do that, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, like my, my baby is not my baby. And then, you know what I mean? Like, how yeah. would that be? But, but also it's like weird to pick a, a, you know, sperm out of a catalog. Yeah. I mean, it could be fun. <laughs> right? I mean, I had no idea. Did you know they charge you different levels based upon like how much interaction you want with no. like the donor? I yeah, wonder. Very fascinating. I wonder if I could find somebody in my own life who would give me some of their sperm. I bet I, you could. I, think I had I somebody could, offer. I think I could find us a, a friendly sperm man. <laughs> I hear it pays well if if you donate, but yeah, yeah, I did have somebody offer me their sperm, and he's got very good genes, so I'm I may take him up on it. Yeah, yeah, go for it, girl. Get that free sperm. You deserve it. You've worked hard. Oh my god, isn't it? It's so funny too that you go through life like not tr- you know trying not to be pregnant, and then like all of a sudden there's this point of your life where you're like trying to be pregnant. It's crazy. Yeah. I've long said that there should be an on and off switch, you know, like not open for business, open for business, because nobody's been more paranoid about that than me. I'm always like, I'm, I am a freak about birth control. So, oh my God. Yeah. I am not a loosey goosey person when it comes to that at all. I've driven pretty much everyone I've ever been with crazy because I want a baby so badly. And 
and I don't want to do Manifest it, it, it before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the times that I thought I was pregnant, I've like talked to my future child and I'm like, don't you dare come right now. I don't <laughs> want you right now. I want you someday, but not right now. So you better not come right now because I will not be happy. So far it's listened. It's <laughs> such a good kid. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. Are your parents excited like for that day to come? Like, do they put any pressure on you or they ever talk about that's so nice. I'm I'm, I'm a weird Italian girl. And the fact that my mom tells me to wait as long as I possibly can to get married. And she, she, whenever I bring up baby, she's like, we've got plenty of time for that. Yeah. She's because she, and and she'll be so mad at me for revealing her age, which I should like whisper because she's downstairs, but she um, got married at a later age. I mean, she not later, but like for her time and for being Italian Catholic, she was 35 and then she had me at 37. And so okay. she's never put that pressure on me. She wants me to find the person I want to be with because she's seen how much I want that now. And especially be, I'm an only child. So being an only child, I realize now the value of family and especially with all this going on, like my parents aren't going to be here forever. So creating that for myself is deeply, deeply important to me. But yeah, my parents want that for me because I want it, but they would never, they're amazing in that they never put their desires on me. Mm, I love that. I love that. So when you date, and I know it's a little bit tricky right now during COVID, but Mm -hmm. are you an app kind of girl? Are you like an in real life meetup type of girl? Like where do you meet people and what does that look like? Well, right now I'm on the apps. I'm telling people that I know that I'm looking, especially people that I know that I respect and like know that they would pick somebody good. Oh, Um, I love that. Yeah, that's, I always thought I would meet somebody in the wild, as I say. Uh uh (laughs) Now that there's less of a wild, it's a little bit tougher. Since I broke up, I really haven't been on any dates though, because we were kind of doing this weird thing where we would like still see each other. So it wasn't a clean break. Mm -hmm. And The one time I thought I was going on a date has been actually since COVID happened. I matched on Hinge with this guy who I knew in college. And I was so excited because I had a crush on him in college. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's fate. Like, I can't believe we match. I haven't heard from him in 10 years. This is incredible. And so then he texted me on Hinge right away and said, oh, let's elevate this to text. We were texting back and forth. Everything was great. We set up like a social distance date. I was Uh so excited. And then I got a text from him that said, I'm going to bring my friend. <laughs> wait, what? Are you kidding me? Wait, there's more. So, <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. It wasn't an ideal situation to ease yourself back into the dating scene when you, ha- I have not been single since I was 23. So this is like, it's yeah, a lot This is for a me. big deal. Um, so he, yeah, said he's going to bring a friend. I tried to cancel because I'm like, I really want to see you, but like, you're asking me to go like to dinner with somebody I don't even know. I haven't even been out yet. Like this, this is too much. And, and this wasn't like somebody you also went to high school with or something where it would like kind of no, make sense. This was just like never a met random the friend. person. <laughs> it, okay. it was a guy friend. So I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm thinking in my head, well, I guess if it's not him, maybe I could date the other guy. Sure. But- <laughs> Maybe he brought an upgrade with him. But anyway, he then called me after I tried to cancel. And then he was like, I can come and bring you takeout. I'm like, fine, whatever. Like if he wants to come over and bring me some tortellini, I'm not going to say no. So he came over with his friend in tow. We're sitting at like social distance back out in, in my parents' backyard at the table. And 
we start talking and I'm catching him up on everything that's going on in my life. Like I basically gave him the spiel I gave you at the beginning. And he's like, wow, I'm so impressed. And I'm really glad I kept my, my apps open. And I go, what do you mean? I'm like, do you have a girlfriend? No. <laughs> and no. he goes, well. <laughs> Stop it. And I'm like, so you have a girlfriend? I'm like, interesting. I'm like, does she know that he's on this date with his friend? Well, also? apparently the girl is like a social worker and she found out I produced Brene Brown's podcast and like got all excited. He told her that I was a friend that he was meeting up with from college. But Okay, but but let's, wait, wait, let's dissect wait. that really quick because if that's the case, why didn't he find you in a different way? That's what I'm saying. Like, if it was really this way, here's what I would have done. If I was with like a guy and I accidentally, accidentally had my hinge still open, what what I would have done was go to Facebook and say, "Hey, I accidentally left my hinge open. I'm actually seeing someone. I'd love to because we're Facebook friends. I'd love to get in touch with you and like catch up as friends. It, it was great to see your face again." That is not what happened. Mm -hmm. So when he said that to me, I go, oh, really? I'm like, well, to be vulnerable with you, Dan, because you're saying how he likes Brene's TED Talk on vulnerability. Oh, yes. I'm like, uh -huh. Dan, to be vulnerable with you. Oh, shit, I shouldn't have said his name. Steve. Oh. <laughs> Steve, to be vulnerable with you. Bob. Um, I thought this was a date, and I'm a little shocked right now. And I was really pissed off when you said you were going to bring a friend. But now that I know you also have this girl you've been seeing and that you're serious with, I feel really weird and kind of sad. And I yeah. like I had already told him earlier in the day that I like had a crush on him in college and why I liked him. So anyway, he ended up saying and like he took I busted his balls for like 15 minutes. But that is my one. And, and he was a good sport. But that's my one and only and experience. what was his friend doing the whole time? Just Laughing like watching the ping pong? <laughs> he was like, go, girl. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I really liked his friend. Oh, you did? Yeah. Now, did his, you friend, try his friend, actually, it's even worse with him, just in the fact that he's very, very much taken. He's got two kids and a live-in girlfriend. Uh, okay. So that's not going to oh, happen. Boy. But, oh, my God. But he was on my side, at least. Yeah. He forced, that is a he forced crazy Steve, story. To be honest, he goes, Steve, <laughs> tell the truth. Because Steve was like, well, I don't know when I said, do you have a girlfriend, point blank. That is just, I, I mean the audacity i am just shocked and like also if you guys were facebook friends and he had a girlfriend you probably would have known like if she was on facebook but obviously he was like hiding her there too i don't yeah. know if i was his girlfriend i'd be like why do you well, i felt bad for his girlfriend in that instance and also because something else weird had happened where he i followed him on instagram earlier that day before any of these texts had gone down so i followed him on instagram then he followed me back. Then all of a sudden this girl followed me. And then I clicked the girl just to see who that was. And I saw that he followed her. So at that point, I was like, oh, that was odd. God. Right. Something's going right. on there. But maybe she oh just my God. is really good friends with him. And then later I go, I think your girlfriend actually followed me on Instagram today after all that went down. And he said, yeah, I think she did because I told her I was meeting up with a friend from college. I'm like, wow, look at you telling half truths. <laughs> right. More like quarter oh truths. Gosh. That is wild. That is wild. And I checked um, recently. So I'm new to the apps. Can you tell me this? Okay. I checked recently and he's still on Hinge. You're like still I, on can, I can still see his message on there. Does that mean he's still on the app? Yeah, he's still on the app. Mm -hmm. Scoundrel. Scoundrel. Uh -huh. And I thought he was such a nice guy too. Uh -huh. I really yeah. liked him in college. Oh, that is wild. That is crazy. Now, have you tried any other apps? 
Yeah, I tried Raya. Me too. What was your what was your experience like there? I, I'm just dying to know. Because you were trying it in Detroit, correct? This one guy tried to get a free podcasting coaching session with me. The other, there was one guy I met on there that was nice, but we, like, we never met up. It was very, nothing happened. It seemed like most mm-hmm. people were there to network or to like match with you and not talk to you. And were you looking in LA because, yes. you know, typically, okay, because usually there's not a lot of people in other yeah. areas that that I've noticed. There's like two people in all of Michigan who are on it. So I actually discontinued that one. And then I've done Bumble, but I am too much of a flake when it comes to this kind of stuff to be able to turn my response around in 24 hours. I don't really excel with quick responses most of the time unless something's super pressing. And so it, it was just too much pressure. It gave me anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I tried the league too, mm-hmm. but I never matched with anyone. Yeah, I had that same experience on the league. I, I've, I've had very similar experiences actually on all of them as, as you have. I've only actually been on one date on Raya, but I like to keep it because I have this like fantasy that I'm going to end up with like a retired NFL player. I love it. And, and sit in the friends and family section and um, live my wildest dreams out. So with that being said, um, that's why I keep it. But yeah, I've been on one date and excuse me, let me take it back. I've been on two dates, same guy. First time, um, this is terrible. I fell asleep and not like, not like in a weird way. Like I, maybe it was a weird way, but in the during COVID times. able to fall asleep. So it was during COVID times. We met with masks on, okay. which was wild too. Um, and, and then we went to his rooftop because like, it was just weird. We went to, oh, what's the market called in downtown LA? Grand Central Market. Uh, yes. Grand Central Market. So we went there and then, um, and then it, it was just too weird with with the mask and all that. So then we went to his rooftop. We had like a glass of wine and I'm a huge tequila fan. So we had some tequila and it was like sipping tequila. And I'm more of a like tequila shooter. Yeah. But for whatever reason, long week, whatever, it made me so like relaxed. And then, of course, I drank and then I had to pee. So I had to go up to his place, you know, or whatever. And then like I sat on the couch and next thing I know, like this is the first time I met this person. (laughs) Next thing I know, I like wake up and I'm like, holy shit. Like, I'm one of those girls that's going to be on like unsolved mysteries. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you should not fall asleep on a stranger's couch. Like, that's so awkward. He didn't drug you, did he? No, he, I don't think so. Um, so, but, but like, he was very respectful. You know what I mean? I thought like, this is, this is a nice guy, right? <laughs> so I had to leave for Palm Springs the next day. So this is the crazy thing. So I, I, whatever I leave, it's probably like, it's not even that late. It's probably like 11, right? And I get down to my car and I had a screw in my tire. And I was like, I literally like got screwed on my first date, but like, not really. But I could have because I, I'm like, whatever, like, you know, take me. I'm falling asleep <laughs> on your couch. So then, I so you dissect this. So we make plans when I get back from Palm Springs. And I wouldn't say there was like a huge attraction there, but there was like enough of an attraction where I'm like, I'd like to see him again and see if maybe just me falling asleep was, you know, me being lame. I've never fallen asleep on a date before, by the way. Um, and I can handle my alcohol pretty well. So this whole thing was surprising. So this time he's like, I'll come to you. So he comes here. And I will say, this is my bad. He got here and I was wrapping up something for work. Oh. So I was like, just give me a couple minutes. I'm just going to finish this email. Like he got there a little bit sooner than I expected. I forget there's not as much traffic right now in COVID times as there was. Was he on time? We didn't like have a set time. He was just like, I'm going to leave. Okay. And I was like, perfect. And I was just like wrapping up the day. 
So he sat on the couch and, you know, I, got, I think I got him something to drink and, you know, let him turn on the TV, whatever. And then I finished my email, shut the computer, looked over on the couch and he was passed out. <laughs> Too f- now you're even at least. <laughs> Payback's because of bitch. <laughs> so, so this is the best part. So whatever he wakes, there's like really no interaction that night. Like he literally sleeps and then you know, at a certain point, I'm like, well, dude, I got to go to, you know, like, I got to go You didn't wake him up? Well, no, I was like, I why? <laughs> I don't know. It felt really awkward. You know what I mean? I, w- I would have woken him up. You would have? I just was like, oh, like, he looks peaceful. Like, you're so sweet. I'm like, ah. So he wakes up or whatever. And I'm like, dude, you know, I got to, you know, whatever. But in so. his head, he'd only been there for five minutes because he slept. <laughs> He, like, wipes the drool, like, you know what I mean? So we leave, and I think I asked him, like, you know, text, like, you know, total mom thing, like, text me when you get home safe or whatever. And he did. And then the next day, I sent him a text. Um, I should probably pull it up to read it to you verbatim, but I was trying to be funny. So I was like, you know, thanks for coming over. Like, maybe next time we could do, like, an activity either after we have some coffee or something that's, like, actually a physical activity where we won't fall asleep and all he did was do the haha like the you know on the Crying, apple phone laughing no 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 like how you oh. can like um press on the message and you know do like a heart or you can press and do like a thumbs up then he just did pressed on it and did the haha oh and never wrote back so hmm okay i'm just i'm trying to put myself in his position i think i would have felt rejected by you if you sent me home after i was sleeping Oh, really? Yeah. Because if I fell asleep, like I was all excited to go on this date with you. I got there. You you told me that you needed to finish your work. I accidentally fell asleep. Um, and then you woke me up and told me to go home. <laughs> I would have felt embarrassed and rejected, I think. Which, like the, the you having to work because he got there quickly, that wasn't really your fault. It's just like a weird part of these times that we're in because you didn't set an exact time. But I could see him feeling maybe like a little bit like put off or rejected or unimportant at that point. And then he he fell asleep and he's like embarrassed when he woke up and you're like, bye. <laughs> like, cause, like, how long was he sleeping? Like several hours? It was like, it was like an hour and a half. I, I mean, I probably would have been so embarrassed. And then the next day, like, I think you were trying to make light of it because you both slept. But maybe like to him, you sleeping was a non-event. And so he thought you were mm-hmm. just making fun of him. And so... Oh. And then he was like, wait, is she saying, like, we should have sex? Like, I don't know. I could just see him being confused and embarrassed. And, like, rather than deal with any of the negative or, like, uncomfortable emotions he was feeling, he's like, I'll just give her a ha-ha and never talk to her again. Right? But the weird thing is he never unmatched me on the app. So maybe why don't you reach out to him and just be like, hey, listen, I had a really nice time. I know, like, you know, these are weird times we live in and, like, maybe we both – you know, we're extra tired because of it. But I would love to see you again. And like, maybe we can like go for a walk or something, you know, something active and and just like enjoy each other's company and talk. If you, if you felt a connection with him, why not? The worst thing that can happen is you're in the exact position you are now. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Wait, so, okay. Can I ask you a question? Before, sure. before mm-hmm. you went on the date, did you like make him verify how he's been quarantining because this is a thing that I'm nervous about. Like it's awkward enough for me trying to date after I haven't dated since I was in my early twenties. But now I have this added layer of trying to make sure that the person I'm going on a date with doesn't kill me by coughing. 
<laughs> I was already worried they were going to murder me, but now I'm worried they're going to murder me with a cough. So yeah. <laughs> how do you approach this? So I've learned that whatever somebody tells you, you can believe it, but they're leaving out a part of it. Right. Take it for kind of what it's worth, but kind of like expect that they've been around some other people or they've forgotten something that they did. So we had talked on the phone. I've done a lot of phone call dates during this time. I've done a lot of FaceTime dates during this time. I've done some Zoom calls. Um, But I think I felt like enough. So judging by his work and his work ethic and how he took care of himself and just like when we would communicate, you know, he was always out running and, you know, doing these things to kind of like take care of his mental and his physical Mm -hmm. health. I was like, this isn't a person who is going to put himself out there to, and he's also an entrepreneur. So his livelihood is based upon his health. And like, I will say when we were on the rooftop, he did have to excuse himself a couple of times to take a phone call. And at that point in time, we were still like six feet apart. Right. You know, like we met in the masks and everything. And it wasn't like he showed up in like a rinky dinky, you know, like the 25 cent like disposable thing. Like he had a night, you know what I mean? Gorgeous mask. (laughs) The mask was simply gorgeous. I knew when I saw your mask. (laughs) Oh my God. I will say too, like, talk about like being a little bit nervous about getting catfished, you know, not to say like on that app, I feel like you're pretty much safe, but, but you know, that is like a real thing because now you've matched with somebody on an app, you're going to meet them and your face is primarily covered and you're like, wait a minute. You have to do some intense sign language. Oh my god. That's gosh, what I do when I'm well, at the grocery store. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did uh I did pick up a guy at the grocery store too. So yes, I honey. Pre- Snaps. Teach me your ways. <laughs> I've been with my parents <laughs> every ways. single day for the past 135 days. So oh my gosh. I know it's it's a lot. I mean it's been Amazing. I would not trade it for the world, but I am I'm interested to see what it's like being on my own again. I'm scared, but I'm interested and a little intrigued. Yeah. And to have a little bit of freedom back Mm -hmm. and yeah, no, that'll be good for you. It'll be really good for you. I will say I am trying some new inventive ways um, to meet men, um, sliding in DMs, messaging them, by seeing them on like the Nextdoor app. Do you know what that is? I love Nextdoor. Okay, it's very funny because I'm in the suburbs of Detroit, so I'm sure it's very different here. Like the things that people get upset about, it's like, did you see the above ground pool in Sheila's yard? (laughs) Like, (laughs) oh my God forbid she tries to cool herself down in the summer. (laughs) But it's an interesting place. So you've been finding people on there. Well, I only found one, and this is a funny story. (laughs) So this was around, like, Black Lives Matter, like, when that, like, kind of everything first happened Mm -hmm. with George Floyd. And so this man decided that he was going to take to next door to talk about his personal experience. And I read it, and I it his writing really resonated with me. I really liked it. And he had put on there, remember I told you my demographic, I'm looking for that retired NFL player. So... (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, you know, in that little teeny tiny, like quarter size photo, I'm like, oh, okay. So he says, like, if you'd like to follow my journey, here's my Instagram handle. So I'm like, all right, I'll go follow your journey. So I go and I click follow and pretty soon he follows back. And uh, 
I slide in the DM and I said, hey, you know, I saw what you wrote on Nextdoor. And I'm thinking, this is great for me. Like, he lives in my area. <laughs> He's well-spoken. He can formulate a sentence. He knows the difference between there, there, and there. Like, this is all good, right? So he writes me back and he says, um, sure, you, you want to go to for coffee? Like, what would the discussion be about? And I'm like, oh, that's a weird question. So at this point in time, I get smart because he's got a, I don't know why I didn't do this first, but he's got quite a few followers. He's got like 100,000 followers. So I go and I Google him and I'm like, oh, he's 26. And now I'm like, the conversation should be, do you have an older brother? But <laughs> I can't that's do that. not that, right? that big of a difference. Well, I know I've, it's a lot. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it because guys are developmentally a lot, usually stunted behind women. But I'm considering much higher ages on the opposite mm-hmm. direction. Like I'm, I think I'm going up to like 43 or 44 on Hinge. So mm-hmm. I feel like you could, if you wanted, well, be a little cougat. I know, right? <laughs> well, I didn't. So at that point, I had kind of thrown in the towel, right? But but the story gets better. So <laughs> so I'm like, I, I write back, but I'm just like, oh, no hidden agenda. Just thought like we have a lot of stuff in common and, and we, you know, get along well, whatever. So nothing ever happens. No coffee, date, whatever. So I'm um, laying in bed one night and uh, see the top post on Nextdoor, you know, out sends you an email. And I'm like, oh, he posted again. Exciting. Wonder what he has to say this time. So I open up next door. He got engaged. He has a fiance and he proposed in Dubai. Like this was like something that was like thought out and planned because he flew to Dubai during a pandemic to drop on one knee and propose. Uh-huh. And I mean, she's beautiful. The ring was gorgeous, by the way. I mean, it all looked fabulous, but I was like, Okay. And so I then went and unfollowed him and was like, maybe next door is not the dating app I thought it was. I think you shouldn't give up yet. You've only <laughs> had one attempt. There's so many doors to knock on still. Oh my God. I love you it. You two could it. have your own proposal in Dubai <laughs> in the midst of a pandemic with a fabulous mask. I'm dying. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's my story about next door. So maybe don't try that as your first priority. Well, it's definitely not going to happen in in this town where I'm in right now, where the most eligible bachelors are all under the age of 18. Like I, I like to joke about it. I'm like, you know, there's nobody here my age. Like, and it, it shows me people that are really far away that I match with on the apps. So I, you know, that is a challenging part of being here. It's like, and I shouldn't say nobody, but it's a lot fewer. Like I switched my location to Los Angeles last night and overnight I got more matches than I have in like two weeks here. Oh my God. So, amazing. Yeah. So you, that is so kind of gotta, an encouraging thing about LA. It's that, like, there's more people in our age bracket who are looking for love. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully they're looking for love. You never know what they're looking for. <laughs> well, I think that right now, I think more than ever, yeah. people are realizing that if they've put that to the wayside, like, no more. Because right now we're so isolated and so alone. Like, the last thing anybody wants to do is be alone. So I think people are actually realigning their vision of what dating can yeah. and should be. Yeah. So what you're telling me is all the men out there with Peter Pan syndrome are finally ready yeah. to commit. They're coming down to the ground and they're like, fuck you, Wendy. I'm ready for real life. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my God. Okay. I'm not going to give up hope then because I was going to delete all the apps and just. Well, I mean, if you want to delete all the apps, that's fine. But I don't think you should give up hope no matter what, because you may meet somebody at the grocery store as you did. <laughs> you may meet somebody on an app. You may meet somebody through a friend. But yeah, what I'm doing right now, well, one time I, re- I heard this in one of the podcasts I produce, write down everything you want in a partner and then become that person. Ooh. And then you're, there's no way you're not going to attract it to you because like attracts like. Ah, I really like that. So I've been talking a lot about lists lately and I did make a list in 2015, uh, August 9th to be exact. Don't ask me how I know that so specifically. And then in December of 2018, I added all this or better. And my girlfriend just this week told me that that list should be thrown out out the window, that it's not specific enough. And I was like, I thought that was the point. Because what if, you know, you're super specific and then, you know, your Prince Charming walks right in front of you and you're like, well, no, you didn't meet this. So I think you'd know, though. Like with the right person, even if they didn't have every little check mark on your list, I think that in your gut, you would know that that didn't matter anymore. Like I think with like, even within our friendships and our relationships with our parents and probably for you with your brother, like my parents aren't the perfect parents. They're the perfect parents for me. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, did they do everything right? No, they're human beings. I don't do everything right either, but they did everything right for me. And even the things that they did quote unquote wrong, it's okay because we got through them and we worked through them together because we love each other and we care Mm -hmm. about each other and we respect each other. And so we have that kind of a bond where even when things aren't going the way that maybe we would want them to, we can work through it. And I think it's the same thing with our relationships. Mm -hmm. Did you ever feel like, because your parents are still married, like my parents are still married that, you know, it added this extra kind of layer of, you know, pressure to find the right person or, you know, like, what are your thoughts if you were in a marriage and it, you know, didn't work out? Well, my parents fight a lot. So okay. Okay. <laughs> I thought when I was younger, I felt responsible for keeping them together, actually, because oh, as an only child, I felt like, you know, whenever they were mad at each other, like I had to be the United Nations and be like, mom actually meant this. Dad actually meant this. Here, meet in the middle. You'll be fine. You both love right. me. Let's be friends. And so I think that seeing them fight a lot actually made me more scared to get into a marriage Uh, than to be mm -hmm. afraid that a marriage would break up because I know I have a great capacity to commit to something and just keep my nose to the grindstone. I'm more afraid like that I would get into something and not be able to get out of it than I find the perfect person and then somehow we fall out of love. Um, And if, if that happens, it happens. Like, I don't know. There was a long time when I didn't know if I even wanted marriage I wanted somebody who was going to be my partner, but like, I think that there's a lot of problems with marriage. Like I think that, I mean, it was originally a way of selling women. So that's an issue Mm, for me. mm -hmm. It was a way of like consolidating power in ancient cultures. And um, like, here, you take her, get her off my hands. Here's all this money. Just get her off my hands. And you like taking your husband's last name, you become a piece of property. So like, I don't like that piece of it, but if I can redefine it in my mind to be, we are coming together to be one and to be this great partnership and to be a place where there's like all this mutual respect and we love each other and we're more powerful together, then I definitely want that marriage. 
So anyway, I don't think I answered your question, but basically, <laughs> basically, I'm not afraid of that. No, because I don't think my parents have a perfect marriage. I think they found what works for them, but I mm-hmm. definitely want a different marriage than they have. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. I like that. You want to find what's right for you. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So I'm going to bring you back to who's your favorite person that you've worked with, come across like in all of your, your time exploring all these different things. Yes. Mm -hmm. I can't pick a favorite because honestly, everyone I've worked with really has been wonderful and I've learned something so deep from all of them. Most recently though, I've been working with Brene Brown and she's just been so influential in my life. Mm -hmm. Her teachings, like I didn't know them very well prior to working with her. And so getting to learn from and with her and like have her reflect things back in me that like I wasn't sure of myself that were like positive attributes of mine was super meaningful. And just to see that she really is the real deal, like she walks a walk and talks a talk. That's been super meaningful to me, but I've, I've learned so much from everyone I've worked with. And I love working with Maria Shriver. She was awesome. Like, I mean, she's just like a legend. And I just think it's so cool that these people who are so big and have so much in their career and like so much to their name still are grounded in the truth and like listen to people. If someone has a good Mm -hmm. idea, they'll listen to it. It doesn't matter if it's like, you know, the assistant in the side room or somebody who's the head of a company. Everything is given like the same amount of care if the Mm -hmm. idea is good and, you know, they believe in the person. So yeah, I feel very blessed to work with everybody who I've worked with. Oh yeah. Well, you've got a crazy, awesome lineup. I mean, that is amazing. I can't even imagine like you know, I've also watched the Bernie Brown um, special on Netflix that Steve talked about. And I remember I remember <laughs> crying during it. Yeah. It was like this swimming analogy. Oh, I know. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, so good. So good. Okay. One last question for you. I saw this on your Instagram. You had received an email from somebody that involved a goat. Oh, yeah. And I'm dying to know the story behind that. I'm going to take you back to when I was first in LA pursuing acting. I'd gotten that acting job that I told you about. That was my first Mm -hmm. professional acting gig. I was so excited. Everything was happening. I'd gotten that job through a casting director who I met who took a liking to my work. And after that, he offered to send out my resume and my reel to a bunch of agents he knew. He put me in touch with this woman, Diane. Okay. (laughs) Diane made an appointment with me. I'm so excited for the appointment. I'm getting ready for it. All of a sudden, I get this email from Diane. I believe it's day of the appointment saying that she's going to have to cancel the meeting with me. This is before we've met because this is a quote. (laughs) A goat broke a water main on her property or a water line on her property. So she was going to have to cancel. And I wrote her back and I'm like, Oh, oh, Diane, I hope that all is well and that the goats repair the corral. <laughs> like, I was like, well, am I getting punked? Like, am I, like, is this like Green Acres? Am I in Los Angeles or am I in some weird random part of the country? People have farms here? What's going on? And so we did end up rescheduling. She ended up taking me on. She never actually signed me, but like, she's like, we'll work together when you get your first gig, we'll sign. So she told me to get off all of the actors' websites because I'd been like submitting myself. So I got off all the actors' websites, but I never heard anything. And I'm just like sitting there. This is all I want to do. So I'm like just waiting for something to happen. 
one of these guys that I knew in my acting class, I, I was taking acting class regularly. So this guy I knew in my acting class, he had the same agent, Diane. And he goes, crazy about Diane, right? And I was like, yeah, what? And he goes, well, she's leaving the business and leaving town. <gasps> I was not informed. Of course you weren't. I was not informed. So she left town and left the business without telling me. And she also had a goat that canceled our first meeting. And that's the story oh of my, my first Hollywood agent. Well, she probably was breeding the goats, you know, for goat yoga, which I'd love to try sometime. But that's crazy. I mean, I read yeah. that and I was like, oh, man, like there's a story behind this one. Oh, yeah. That was that's the story of the goats. But the best part is that you can laugh about it today and it makes a kick-ass story. So Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, I had some very bizarre experiences in my acting journey, but hey. Oh, I'm sure. We made it out alive. You more did. Than and you're still crushing it. So if people want to um, follow you, um, listen to your podcast, you know, check out your new single, how do they find you? They can follow me at Lauren LaGrasso, at Unleash Your Inner Creative, at You Are Inner Creative on Twitter. And you can listen to the podcast anywhere good uh, podcasts are found, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and listen to the songs. Please follow me on Spotify. That means so much because that's like social capital in the music world. So follow me on Spotify, please, and save my songs. Um, right now I have out Like a Bomb, uh, I have out Rise and Road to Glory. They're all very inspirational, very powerful music to help us get through these times. And I'm putting out this song Freak Show in the fall. It's either going to be the last week of September, first week of October. And it's really about being with yourself, despite your issues, despite your baggage, recognizing that you'd rather be with yourself in your own skin than idealize someone else's journey that your journey is worth it and that you are enough. So I hope you listen to that one. It's probably one of my favorite songs that I have as far as like self-love goes. Oh my God, I love that. I think I just got goosebumps. That's Aww. awesome. I can't wait. So thank you so much for coming on You're Such a Catch. And I really Aww. like just, I don't know. I vibe with you, girl. You got that energy. <laughs> <laughs> I vibe with you too. You are such a catch. And hey, I think that you should go after the sleeping guy because there might be something there. I mean, you have a lot in common already. You both sleep on first and second. <laughs> okay. I'll give it a second or third, third shot and I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to your Such a Catch. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow on all social media platforms. You know the drill at your Such a Catch. If you're feeling a little long-winded, I'd love it if you wrote a review on whatever podcast player you're tuning in on. That would be amazing. But the biggest gift you could give me is sharing this episode with somebody else. Whether it be a friend, whether it be somebody who's going through a similar situation, or maybe it's somebody who just needs a little, you know, surge of energy energy, something to inspire them, motivate them. This episode is the one to do that. So thank you so much for tuning in again, and we'll see you next week.